Hey team, welcome to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera. This is the spot where we provide raw, unfiltered insights from some amazing guests. Stand by, you're about to be offended in all the right ways. All right, team, welcome back to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera, and this is sponsored by the Atreyu Running Company. So it's me again here today, going to talk to you for a little bit. Well, we're also getting back his feedback from our listeners, and so we're going to try something new here, uh, see how it goes, and if it's a great rhythm, then we'll keep it up. But as we have our guests on, we've had some feedback also that not only do folks like hearing the guests, but apparently y'all don't mind getting some of my brain dumps from time to time on one of those episodes, I think a couple back, where I just kind of talked to you. Uh, maybe there were some nuggets in there that helped, so we're going to give that a try and, and, and see if that works for y'all and that works for the team here in a way that we can provide still insights from our other guests, but at the same time, be able to kind of share some of the experiences and, and maybe what I'm doing every day, or also, you know, sharing some of my insights from some of the experiences that I had in the past. So again, we'll kick it off. Hope you enjoy. And today, I got a really special reflection that I wanted to share with y'all. We've been going through a time in the, in the company currently where there's a lot of moving pieces. There's always a lot of moving pieces, but I would say here recently, there are, there are more than enough to keep our plates full, and even with a great team behind it, we're all starting to feel some pretty healthy tension and stress and some good, uh, you know, let's just call forging as we're moving into the next chapters. But what that means is that oftentimes those situations for me personally can bring me back to some times in my life that I can kind of sense some similarities. And what's funny is during these really high tempo, lots going on, pretty heavy times in our company's growth, I can't help but reflect on laughter. Um, as I reflect on some of the most, you know, growing periods, intense periods in my life, I think about laughter. I actually think about people's faces and I think about my stomach hurting, which is weird, right? Because you would think that in these moments, folks don't want to relive again or, you know, you don't want to even have a part of. But in this in this case, for me, I often think about the, the, the times being so stressful sometimes and so much going on, so tense, that all you can do is laugh. And so I started reflecting on just laughter in general in those times that I've had in my life, whether it's in this career or the ones before. And there's a couple moments that stick out that I wanted to share with you today. A couple stories, uh, a couple reflections and things that I think you guys will get some good laughter out of this episode. But also I think what gave me the ultimate reflection about this thing was I actually think laughter is, is and humor is a tool that we often don't use enough. And I think often, especially in a professional setting, it can be really easy to discard because it doesn't seem like something that's moving the needle forward. But what I would argue is that those are the things, that laughter is the, is the manifestation of, one, probably knowing you're going to get through it, but two, just really recognizing how crazy the moment you're in is. And even though you will get through it, you just can't help but sit there and just unrecognizably laugh about the whole thing. And what I've often I've reflected even in my own laughter is that you have to also as a, you know, whether you're leading an organization, your family, whether you're trying to just lead your own personal life, you also got to be humble enough um, and okay enough to laugh at yourself. I often find that laughing at oneself can be a really cool opportunity to disarm those around you and put them in a state of mind where they recognize that it's okay to kind of endure what they're about to endure because the person that's either leading the initiative or the person that's holding the torch is the individual uh, that kind of took the first step to do that. So I'm going to share a little bit about that here today and kind of my own experiences and my reflections. 
you know, the other thing that I think about ultimately is as we're going and as you're going through the individual pieces in your life, hopefully this is something that you might be able to use um, or at least relate to and kind of get yourself back on, you know, get back on solid ground. So excuse one second. We're adjusting the microphone to my face. All right. I think we're in good shape. And here we go. So one of the things that I was reflecting on was laughter. And I'll start off with one situation that I had um, years ago. And this was actually when I was in the service. And one of the times, um, actually both these stories are from the service. But the one in particular that I think about was we were moving in, we, we had shipped off overseas. And often what you do is when you arrive to a new part of town or a new country or to a new area of operation, what you typically want to do is just kind of like think about moving to a new neighborhood. The best thing that you can do there is kind of get to know your neighbors, right? Get to know who's around you, get to know those fellow villagers that are out there, the villages that are surrounding maybe where you're set up camp. Get to know who they are, what they're about. Because in addition to fighting bad guys, one of the biggest things that I think as humans we often forget is the folks that are kind of um, that are living there every day, um, their, their lives are being disrupted to one way, shape, or form. So the best thing you can do is just being a good neighbor, is swing on by and just get to know them, introduce yourself, and hopefully build some connective tissue there. So we were set off, and we were actually going pretty deep into one of these valleys, uh, and it was, it was wintertime, and we were going pretty deep into one of these valleys and one of these villages that I think a lot of folks hadn't visited in the past. And so I was trying to do a good job with my team to go out to this area there and really just kind of meet as many folks and as elders as we could, many elders as we could. And the elders in these villages are the ones that kind of, you can think of them as like mayors, right? They kind of run these small um, villages that, you know, are farming and they're doing these different things, but they're the ones that are kind of designated in charge. And so I wanted to meet as many of them as I could to ensure that we were setting the right tone the best we could. And I knew that it wasn't going to be a perfect year out there. There's probably going to be things that kind of went left or right. And so I wanted to make sure that I did my best to, um, to kind of at least set the foundation that, hey, we were good people trying to do the best we could here, but we understand we might be getting each other's from way from time to time and that hopefully building some rapport would help. And so had my game face on, had briefed this to my whole team. Hey, this is what we're doing. So yeah, you know, in addition to us fighting the bad guys, we've got to spend a little bit of time to actually go out there and, and shake hands and get to know some folks. And some folks, some leaders decided not to do that, and some did, and I decided that was a good opportunity, you know, in addition to us really wielding the strength that we had to, to go out there and, and do what we we're trained to do, so to speak. I also thought it was a really good opportunity to go meet folks. So we're going out there, and I, and I remember, okay, we need to make a great impression, and not only do we make a great impression, but really, what does that even mean, right? Like, this great impression, is that just, you know, us showing that we're strong, or is that just showing that we're going to you know, be there if they need us, or are we just there as a presence? What is the whole takeaway? And I just kept going through my head, you know what? Just try to do a good job about, just think about meeting your neighbors for the first time. You probably just want to put a good smile on your face, shake their hand, and just let them know that you're human. Maybe that's the the goal, right, in this whole thing. So that's what I decided I was going to do. Let the boys know, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go out there. It's going to seem like there's not a whole lot of big takeaways, but the takeaway from this whole situation is that we're going to do our best to make sure that we that we that we're recognizing each other as humans. So we go in there and we get ready and, and everybody's looking sharp and, and really squared away. And one thing that I forgot or that completely just went over my head at the beginning, after time I realized this very quickly, but if you can imagine, these are pretty foundational societies, right? They they everything that they do is fairly analog. Some of them may have electricity, some of them may not. 
And what you'll find is that there's, there's often these villages are just run completely by the farming tools that they had for hundreds of years. And so these are some, some very, very, you know, foundational communities that are out there that are, that are running. And when we show up, we literally show up as with state-of-the-art equipment, um, our uniforms, you know, everything from our equipment, our gear, to our vehicles we drive in, to our tools, to our communication, everything. So we can imagine this is probably, I kept thinking, this is probably what it feels like if we ever got landed on here in the States by some aliens or something, right? Like we'd be pulling up and you'd think that we probably were from some other planet. And so with that in mind, I, I, you know, you realize very quickly that people, when you start pulling into these parts of town, people from everywhere come out and they, they're watching, right? And so we're pulling into this village because they're watching us in a lot of ways. Some of these folks have never even seen anybody like us before. And so we're pulling in and I remember driving up and it was quite a bit of, it was quite a bit of work to get there um, because driving to these valleys and stuff with these big old, what we called, these were big old trucks that we had. They were just armored up, state-of-the-art equipment, you know, state-of-the-art weaponry, weaponry on there, just like all kinds of, as you can imagine, just a spaceship of a truck. And we're driving and they're pretty big vehicles and we're driving through these really tight valleys and nooks and through these riverbeds and all kinds of stuff. And, and it takes a long time just to even go one mile. So we finally make it into this place. And again, as I mentioned, it was snowing. And so it was snowing and it was icy. And so these riverbeds actually have a little bit of water running through it, but they generally have, you know, they're generally ice up in certain areas around the place there. And so I remember um, pulling in, we finally get to a spot where we say, okay, this is a good dismount point. We're going to get out, go on foot, and get to meet folks. So I remember looking over to my left to, uh, to one of my guys who's driving. I said, all right, I'll be back shortly. Stay on the radio communications. And um, we kind of smiled at each other. And I said, all right, time to make a good impression. Let's go do this thing. So I go push that door open, and that door, it's a heavy door. I, mean, it's, I don't know, probably 1,000 pounds, and it's just hydraulic and airlifted and just makes it noise just you know feels like steam coming out of everywhere just me opening this door and then I kind of hop out and I close that door up kind of check myself one more time just as you would if you're going for a job interview or something and just making sure I look straight ready to go and I step probably six steps in front of the truck and the next thing now let me remind you everybody's looking right now everybody is looking right everybody from that village is out peering from the top of their houses down at me in this valley right on the riverbed and I get out six steps later. The next thing that I see is my feet and I see the sky. I had completely stepped on a patch of ice and just completely ate crap right there and then in front of everybody. On the ground, back soaking wet, my body busted right through the ice riverbed there that was sitting there. And I'm soaked. All my gears jacked up, everything. And I get back up. And I'm immediately, I don't even look around. I know they're looking at me. And the, I get back up as fast as I can. And the first thing that I do is I look back at, uh, at the guy who was driving there for me. And uh, I look back at him, and he's just smirking. And, but it's the kind of smirk where, like, he's trying to hold it in. But at the same time, he's trying to also give him the fuel to fight on. Like, it's one of those weird things. And I'm sitting there being like, this could not have started any better. And the reality of it is, is that it couldn't have started any better, actually. What I found out in that moment is after all, and I went on to the village, got to meet folks, kind of talk and whatever. 
what I realized is even though I was dramatically embarrassed at that moment, I had prepped this whole time. My guys, everybody were ready to go to make the best impression possible. We were looking our best, doing our best. What I realized is that was the best thing that could have happened. The reality of it is, is that we had nothing in common. The folks that were about to meet and myself, at that point in time, we had nothing in common that we could have known about, right? It was just, you were from this part of the world, I was from that part of the world, you looked like a Martian, y'all look like some really just, you know, 100 years ago farmers that are just trying to get by. There's nothing, in, you know, we don't even look the same, we don't even eat the same stuff, we didn't even speak the same language. So we had nothing in common. But the thing that I realized in that moment is they all were smiling and laughing and just kind of smirking at the fact that this American had really made a fool out of himself, you know, coming into this place. But that is what we ultimately, that is the part that we did have in common was laughter. We all acknowledged that what had happened was embarrassing and it was funny. And I realized in that day that at my expense, I had done something that allowed myself to connect with them faster than if I would have tried to make 17 conversations ahead of time about why we're here and give our whole strategic value and, you know, articulate whatever. And so in that moment, even though that day was me sitting in soaking wet pants, you know, with my gear all messed up and then my guys just kind of, you know, when we got back to the, to our little base there that evening, you know, kind of just, you could tell there was um, humor tension all around the place there. You could tell that because of my expense of that day that I had the ability to kind of move little further in rapport building by using laughter and humor at my expense in order for us to kind of make that connection. And actually that conversation was brilliant and was able to kind of meet folks throughout that day in a much more easygoing way. Because again, we all related to the fact we all been there. We all had done something in our lives that was embarrassing where we were trying to do something, you know, really well. And we real I realized that day that I need to probably use that more often to the best that I can. And so that, that story and experience, number one, but as I reflect on that, I, I had no intention of doing that. That was just something that kind of occurred naturally. And as I reflect on those tense, stressful moments, I think about those, those little things that was unintentional that really just changed the game. A caveat this was saying that like humor is interesting because it's, it's not about being the class clown, right? And especially if you're leading an organization or if you're going out there and you're trying to do the best that you can, it's not about just being funny for funny sake, right? I mean, I guess everybody gets a good laugh out of that, but how many times have you all been around somebody who either leads an organization or whatever, and all they do is just poke fun all the time? It's really hard to feel stable in that environment, right? It's, in my opinion, it's really difficult to be there and say, oh, okay, I can trust this person when stuff gets hard because anytime something happens, they just always make a joke about it. It generally just doesn't connect. In those moments, though, where you see somebody trying to do their very best to make a great impression and to make sure their organization is represented right, and they kind of fall on their ass, you end up seeing the human side of things. And I think in that case, you know, in my experience as a, as a person doing my best to, to give, you know, to run teams as best as I can and, and move forward, I found that those are the times and those are the efforts that really have, have kind of helped me along the way. The other story that comes to mind and experiences here that I've had recent uh, with some of the business experiences I had recently was, was another operation that I was doing. Now this story is a little bit more serious, but it does end with some, it ends with my reflections of some pretty, pretty funny laughter along the way. And so one of the, we had another operation and again, we had some, uh, we had some reports there in this area that, for those of you who are maybe not familiar, but there are um, there's some bad dudes in the world that like putting 
explosive devices in in roads. And their whole idea behind this is is to be able to you know as soon as somebody, whether it's American or civilian or good, you know, whoever it might be, their idea is to create havoc by blowing those bombs up and hurting and killing as many people as they can doing that. And so one of our jobs um, on this mission and over the course of this year was to go ahead and stop as many as we could of doing that and to catch them ahead of time if we could, but at the very least, you know, prevent them from being able to, to continue on and, and doing what they were doing. And so for weeks, I, we had been trying to catch this very, this particular elusive cell of folks that were setting in these bombs along these certain parts of the geography that we were at. And we were having a hard time catching them. And as I sat there one evening with my with my right hand man, we kind of got to thinking, and um, we realized that maybe we were tipping them off way before we had realized it. And if you think about our equipment and a lot of things that we did and a lot of our tactics, we were pretty loud. I mean, if you think about think about if y'all ever been to West Texas or out in Utah, Moab, or think about maybe in the middle of Yellowstone Park or maybe somewhere else in South America, Patagonia. If you ever sat there at night. You can hear the air, you can hear stars twinkle, and you can hear the wind getting ready to blow. I mean, like it stuff's so quiet out there in nature that there, especially when there's no cities around, when there's no industry, there's no nothing. You can hear everything. You can get here a gnat thinking. And so what we realized is that we were so loud, probably in the way we operated, that it was really tipping folks off. And by the time we could catch them, they were just fleeing the scene. And so we got to thinking, put our best brains together and said, okay, got an idea. Came into the team and said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Briefed everybody. All right, this is how we're going to go do it, right? This is after kind of me and my right-hand man, we were kind of ideating on some things, trading off some best practices. This is, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to go ahead and we're going to get the upper hand on this one, team. All right, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to call this Operation Garbage Truck. All right, and so instead of us trying to go out there and set in these ambushes or these reconnaissance points or whatever, you know, the way that we have been doing it, because every time we do that and we stop and whatever, I think they know what we're doing. And that's that's a reason, you know, maybe if they don't know what they're doing, someone else found out and they kind of gave them a tip, who knows? What we're going to do is we're going to change it up on them and we're going to act like, we're going to act like we're just driving on through, right? We're going to drive on through and what we're going to do instead of um instead of stopping we're going to just continue to drive but some of us are going to be hanging off the vehicles here just like a garbage truck guy and when we get to the drop-off point we're just going to just very eloquently jump off right we're going to jump off roll in beautifully roll into our position and then set up, and then that's how we're going to get them. We're going to get them like that. They're going to just think we're driving through the road there, nothing's happening, and they're going to go, as soon as we leave, they're going to go about their business, and then we're going to catch them red-handed. It's brilliant. It, it, it was a brilliant idea in my brain, and we all felt good about it. It was exciting. We are doing something new. It was kind of crazy, so we said, let's go. Naturally, I should say, as a leader of warriors, what you'll find is similar to a locker room, you generally kind of, you know, you kind of, you generally want to, you kind of want to, you know, give folks a little boost, you know, give them something to shoot for, give them something to, uh, you know, to, to be, uh, to be excited about, but at the same time be accountable to. And so one of the things that, that I had done in this moment was as I was going around and, uh, you know, as we were getting ready for this operation and rehearsing and doing all those things, I said, okay, Hey, look, this is going to be great, but here's the deal. I have a feeling one of y'all going to mess this up. 
and uh, and and I was kind of poking fun a little bit. Right? I was like, "When are y'all gonna mess this up, right? Because one of y'all are, are is not gonna have your gear tied down. You're gonna have some kind of strap hanging out or whatever, and you're gonna goof it up. And you're just gonna go out there and make yourself look like a fool, you know." And I was giving them a hard time, but at the same time, trying to keep them excited about it. like, "No, hey, no, I'm not." And they say, "Oh no, we're 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 squared away, sir. We're gonna be totally fine. Don't worry about us. Like we're we're we got this, right? Don't even." Don't sweat it, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and some of them would say, well, I don't know. I think, uh, he's, you know, I, I think he's, I think he's right. And they'd kind of make little bets on who would jack this up or, or whatever. And so it was lighthearted, but at the same time we were, you know, I was kind of being half serious on like, Hey, don't mess this up. This is something that needs to go off flawlessly. So if it's going to go off flawlessly, then let's make sure we get it right. And so I'm out there and, and as we're rehearsing, you know, you can tell everybody's trying to do their best by keeping their equipment tight and so on and so forth. Um, so we get out to about we get out to that evening, right? Right before, and and most of the time, what we'll do is before we go out on operation, we do some final checks, some final mental rehearsals. We go through some final gear equipment checks, and then we also kind of go through just final game plan. So I went in there after I kind of grabbed up, you know, the intelligence report for that evening. Came in, I said, okay, everybody looking good, feeling right. Everybody, you could tell, game face on, war paint on. I said, all right. Um, Again, I'm telling y'all right now, one of y'all are going to jack this up, right? Just don't let it be you. Don't let it be you as the one that's out there just hung up and you're going to, you know, all of us are dancing beautifully into the, into the, into the darkness and you're going to sit there and one of y'all is just going to have a hard time, make, you know, you're going to sound like a, you're going to sound like a, a bunch of pots and pans hitting the ground. So just, you need to make sure all your stuff's ready to go and your gear's tight because we're going to be doing this thing for real here in about, in about an hour. And so, you know, everybody you could tell had their, yeah, they're ready. Uh, and and so we, uh, we start driving out there, you know, give the green light and we're headed out and we're about, I get the signal. We're about one, we're about 10 minutes out from our drop off point. So that was a signal where all of us, you know, there was a, a natural stopping point on the road, the many vehicles that stopped. So it was a natural point to stop there. And so we all kind of got in the position on the trucks and stuff in that quick stop point got into the garbage truck stance, into the garbage truck hold, and uh, into that fighting position, so to speak, and we started rolling. Now we're hanging on, got the wind hitting the hair, the summer breeze, or the, yeah, I guess it was summertime about that time. So we got that breeze coming through, and I'm ready, got my eyes focused. And again, as I mentioned before in my, in my last story, these trucks are, they're, they're essentially like moving, they're essentially like tanks on a wheel. So when you're when you're out of the vehicle, it's just loud. You can't hear anything but the vehicle driving. And when you're in the vehicle, you can't hear anything outside. It's it's literally like a sealed tank. And so there's nobody inside can hear you. So we're all out there rolling and I'm holding on and we're getting out. We're probably like one minute out from the drop-off point. And so I come up, have the radio in my ear, kind of hear the communication going back and forth between the vehicles and us. We try to limit our talking because we didn't want to give our stuff away. And finally, I'm about to make the call to, to execute, right? So we're about 10 seconds out, and I come over the radio, and I go, three, two, one, execute. And as soon as I say execute, as soon as I say execute, I feel like I got into a car crash where the seatbelt stopped me from flying out the window. As I tried to jump off the vehicle, something stopped me dead in my tracks, and I had realized in that moment that I was stuck, and not only was I stuck, but like the, the, the truck was not slowing down. And I had a piece of my gear stuck on the vehicle, I think on like one of the excess handles or one of the tie down points. 
And I am trying to pull myself off this thing that I can't get off. And out of the corner of my eye, I see my guys rolling into beautifully. They're just like prancing horses, just running out into the fold, into the position. And I'm sitting there saying, man, the person, they can't hear me inside. I'm stuck. And, you know, like, I, I guess I didn't realize this is how it was going to go down, but I sure as hell am going to pick how I'm going to go out. And I just kept thinking to myself, is this how it ends? Like it ended the bottom of a Goodyear tire? Like what the heck, man? And so I grabbed my knife and I am trying to cut myself loose off this vehicle. And I finally am able to do it. And when I do it, I do it with the fury. Just just cut myself loose. And I go tumbling into the ground. And because the truck's picking up speed again. Remember, they can't hear me. And, you know, they're, they're, they were told that after a certain amount of distance of driving that they were to pick up speed and continue moving as if nothing were to happen. And I roll off that thing, man, and I land like a sack of potatoes, just looked like a bag of crap, man. I just dirt everywhere or whatever, and I'd get up, beat up, really beat up after jumping off this thing. And I'm moving into the day, and I move into our position with my guys as they're getting settled in there. One of the last guys to get there, as you can imagine. So we get done with that evening. Mission actually turned out pretty decent. And, uh, you know, we ended up having a, a... you know, a decent side of a uh, decent success there that day. Uh, and we get back and as I'm rolling in there, one of the guys that usually is with me on missions, kind of my, uh, kind of side by side with me is one of my, uh, call him a forward observer, but they, they help me with all, um, as a guy running the team, one of their expertise is helping me with anything dealing with aircraft artillery. They're really great at bringing, you know, the full force of munitions that we don't control in the team from outside in and help me coordinate those, uh, those weaponry as, uh, you know, or those assets as best I can. And his name was David and, uh, I walk in there and I'm, you know, we're getting cleaned up and we're going to do an after action kind of review what went well and what didn't go well. And David is sitting there and, and I roll in and he kind of leans over to me and he goes, yo, sir, man, you were a hundred percent right. And I was like, yeah, right about what David? And he goes, you were absolutely right that somebody messed it up. He goes, as I was running into position, I heard just an absolute train wreck behind me. And I was like, what the heck was that? And I looked back and sure enough, I couldn't make it out. It's pitch black out there, but I could see this like dust boom just off the ground. And I, I was like, who the heck is that? And he says, man, the, you know, the boss is right. Like somebody messed that up. He called it. And he goes, and so I'm sure we'll find out. And when we do, we're going to just recal, man. We're going to make fun of this person. Like, I, you're absolutely right. Like, this individual really just screwed it up. And thank God we had a decent mission. But you were right on that one, sir. And, um, and I remember looking over at David. And I had, a, I had a choice, right, in that moment. I had a choice to be, you know, to kind of just let it ride. Or I had a choice to kind of own up to that. And I look down at my body. And I go... Do you ever, David, do you ever curious why I look as dirty as I as I do right now? And he kind of looked down and he goes, I didn't really notice that sir, until you mentioned it. Yeah. I said, David, that sack of potatoes you're talking about, that train wreck there on mission, that was me. And I could tell that he looked at me with like shock. And he goes, No way. Could not have been. Are you messing around, sir? No way. He says, and I said, look at me. You think I look like this on purpose? Like none of y'all look like this, but I do. I look like I got. I looked like I decided to go play in the sandbox all day long. And he looked at me in this moment of like, the best way that I can describe it is you've ever like seen somebody you care uh, care about a lot and, you know, maybe they're trying to put on their best and maybe they're getting ready for church or they're, they're getting ready for a date or something. 
and they're walking down the stairs and they're looking really, you know, you can tell they're looking like their best there. And at, at a moment, you know, in, in that last moment as they're walking up to you and that kind of, you know, song, that music kind of comes in and you're really just having a moment and then they, they kind of like bust their ankle real quick and then just the whole, like the record stops and it's embarrassing and you, you, you don't want to look at them and laugh, but at the same time it is funny, but at the same time you don't want them to feel bad. That's the look he was giving me. And so as I stood there in that moment and I said, yeah, man, uh, giving you boys a hard time here. It actually was, you know, for the, you know, for the record there, it was actually me that ended up jacking that up. And of course, he just started laughing about himself. He's just like, he couldn't believe that that, that that was even a reality. And so we all had a good laugh about it. I think it made it through the rest of the team. I know that it did. And the funny part about it is it actually didn't get a lot of hell for it. And I realized that Maybe in those moments and later on, and maybe that's for another time that my guys had, that we had all developed a different relationship. We had all developed a relationship with each other that um, that knew that it wasn't done on purpose, but that it was coming out of a good place. But nonetheless, that the amount of laughter that came from that particular moment, and as I think about it now and as I talk about that story when I go see them all again, it, it always comes up with really fondness. But as a leader and as somebody running that team, what I realized is that you got to be ready to eat your own words, and that's not a bad thing. You're human, and sometimes out of the best intentions, you can't help but jack it up sometimes, screw it up. And so one of the things that you can do is kind of own up to that. And what I found is that your people, when you do that, typically have a, will typically have a sense of endearment and understanding that maybe you didn't realize and so for me in that moment, again, at my own expense, I used a very stressful situation. I used laughter and humor in a very stressful situation, but again, this time unintentional, still unintentional, to really kind of get them to focus on making sure they did a good job, and at the end of the day, get them to understand that even those of us that create the pressure to make sure that we are doing a good job can also be, uh, can also fall victim to those, some of those things that come about. And so as I reflect on those stories and I reflect on those times that, that have come about in my own life, I think about it just very simply. And I think about this as I apply this through life. Life's super hard, right? And it's, you know, for those of us that are either running businesses, running families, running teams, running ourselves, running a restaurant, whatever it is that you're doing, you'll find that no matter how well you try to plan something or do something, it's still stressful and still tough. And life has a funny way of throwing zingers. I mean, you are permanently, the way I see it is you are permanently playing the Super Bowl bowl all the time. And so any of us that are out there thinking that it's going to get easier, just reality check, it ain't. And it never stops, right? You might have some moments of victory and triumph here and there, but you're going to equally going to have your moments after that that didn't go so well. And the cure and the tool that I have found that helps me through those things is by providing humor in those moments. And again, it isn't the kind of humor that you're just you know, poking fun and making fun of folks all the time and causing a ruckus and just being a class clown for class clown's sake. But it's a humor that allows folks to humanize themselves very quickly with you and connect. It's one that in my, in my examples, I have used in my own experience, or I have used my own, um, at my own expense, I have used humor to make light of a situation, which I have found allows folks to really disarm themselves and to be a little bit vulnerable, but most importantly, really give their best because they know that somebody who is their torchbearer, if they can have a moment of, of, um, of humanity, let's just call it that, of humor, then it's acceptable for them not to be so perfect also. 
And it also means that even in those stressful times, what I've reflected on is that you can always get through it by just taking a moment to just kind of smirk a little bit and just know that and recognize that the moment is crazy. But when you get through it, it'll definitely always be a good story. And in that moment, there's really no better way to remember that. And so as I think back on those times, and for those of you all that are out there getting through these things, I would say that laughter and humor, there's an art form to it. And again, it's easy to just tell a joke and poke fun all the time. But I think being able to, especially those of us that are leading our own organizations and trying to do best um, by the teams that we run and the families that we have, I would submit to you to try to try to make light more of the situations and not make light by diminishing the seriousness of it, but maybe try to use yourself as a way to deflect some of that stress from your organization and make poke fun at yourself a little bit. And what you'll find is that your people will typically help pick you back up when those times come. And they'll also be able to kind of have a peace within them that as they're moving forward in their lives and in those moments and those stressful activities, that they can kind of latch themselves onto you a little bit, knowing that, yeah, that was kind of funny. I still respect the individual, hopefully, right? But that was kind of neat that I got to see that, and it definitely lightens the mood a little bit. Now let's go ahead and continue doing something really, really intense. So I hope y'all took something away from that here today. I hope that was helpful, and I'm sure that some of y'all can relate, and I'm not the only guy out there, you know, busting my butt in the ice or looking like a dirty sack of potatoes just rolling through the dirt. Um, but if I am the only one out there, please keep that to yourself um, and hope that you find, uh, find this a little bit useful in whatever else you're trying to do in your life. And remember, take a moment to laugh. Take a moment to laugh with your people. And you'll find they always laugh with you, right? If, they're, if you don't hear laughter around you, it's probably because they're laughing at you. And so when they're laughing with you, that's a good thing. Thanks again, y'all, for this time. I'm Joseph Cabrera, and this is the Professionally Offensive Podcast. You can catch us on all platforms. And remember, keep laughing. JC out. <laughs>